Section one of stories by foreign authors, Russian authors. This is LibriVolt recording. All LibriVolt recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVolt.org. Recording by Sudo Shatalans and Sudo Gun from Bangkok, Thailand. Stories by foreign authors, Russian authors, by various. Mumu by Ivan Trizinov. Translated by Constant Garnet. Part 1. In one of the outlying streets of Moscow, in a grey house with white columns and a balcony warp or skew, there was once living a lady, a widow, surrounded by a numerous household of serfs. Her sons were in the government service at Petersburg. Her daughters were married. She went out very little, and in solitude lived through the last years of her misery and really old age. Her day, a joyless and gloomy day, had long been over, but the evening of her life was blacker than night. Of all her servants, the most remarkable personage was the porter, Gerasim, a man full twelve inches over the normal height, of heroic build and deaf and dumb from his birth. The lady is owner had brought him up from the village where he lived alone in a little hut, apart from his brothers, and was reckoned about the most punctual of her peasants in the payment of the seigneurial dues. And though with extraordinary strength, he did the work of four men, work flew apace under his hands, and it was a pleasant sight to see him when he was plowing, while with his huge palms pressing hard upon the plough, he seemed alone, unaided by his poor horse, to cleave the yielding bosom of the earth. Or when, about St. Peter's Day, he piled his sigh with a furious energy that might have mounted a young birch corpse up by the roots, or swiftly and untiringly wielded a flail over two yards long. Why the heart of long muscles of his shoulder rose and fell like a lever, his perpetual silence lent a solemn dignity to his unvaryingly labor. He was a splendid peasant, and except for his affliction, any girl would have been glad to marry him. But now they had taken Gerasim to Moscow, bought him boots, had him made a full-skirted coat for summer, a sheepskin for winter, put into his hand a broom and a spade, and appointed him porter. At first, he intensely disliked his new mode of life. From his childhood he had been used to feel labor, to village life, shut off by his affliction from the society of men. He had grown up dumb and mighty, as a tree grows on a fruitful soil. When he was transported to the town, he could not understand what was being done with him. He was miserable and stupefied, with the stupefaction of some strong young bull taken straight from the meadow where the rich grass stood up to his belly, taken and put in the truck of a railway train, and there, where smoke and sparks and guts of steam puff up upon the sturdy beast, he is whirled onwards, whirled along with loud roll and whistle. What Gerasim had to do in his new duty seemed a mere trifle to him after his hot toy as a peasant. In half an hour, all his work was done and he would once more stand stock still in the middle of the courtyard, staring open-mouthed at all the passer-by. 
as though trying to wrest from them the explanation of his perplexing position or he would suddenly go off into some corner and flinging a long way off the broom or the spade throwing himself on his face on the ground alive for hours together without stirring like a caged beast but man gets used to anything and gerasim got used to at last to living in town he had little work to do his whole duty consisted in keeping the courtyard clean bringing in a barrel of water twice a day splitting and dragging in wood for the kitchen and the house keeping out strangers and washing at night and it must be said he did his duty so lastly in his courtyard there was never a shaving lying about never a speck of dust of sometimes in the muddy season he rushed nag put under his chart for fetching water got stuck in the road he would simply give it a shove with his shoulder and set not only the cart but the horse itself moving if he set the chopping wood the axe fairly arranged like glass and chips and chunks flew in all directions and as for stranger after he had one night called two thieves and knocked their heads together knocked them so that there was no the slightest need to take them to the police station afterwards every one in the neighborhood began to feel a great respect for him even those who came in the daytime by no means robbers but simply unknown persons at the sight of the terrible porter waved and shouted to him as though he could hear the shouts with all the rest of the servants gerasim was on term hardly friendly they were afraid of him but familiar he regarded them as his fellows they explained themselves to him by signs and he understood them and exactly carried out all order but knew his own rights too and soon no one dared to take his seat at the table gerasim was altogether of a strict and serious temper he liked all the in everything even the cocks did not dare to fight in his presence or woe betide them directly he caught sight of them he would seize them by the legs swing them ten times round in the air like a wheel and throw them in the different direction there were geese too kept in the yard but the goose as is well known is a dignified and reasonable bird gerasim felt a respect for them looked after them and fed them he was himself not unlike a gander of the steepest he was assigned a little garret over the kitchen he arranged it himself to his own liking made a bedstead in it of oak boards on the four stumps of wood for legs a truly titanic bedstead one might have put a ton or two on it it would not have been under the load under the bed was a solid chest in a corner stood a little table of the same strong kind and near the table a three-legged stool so solid and squat that gerasim himself would sometimes pick it up and drop it again with a smile of delight the garret was locked up by means of a padlock that looked like a college or basket-shaped loaf only black the key of these padlocks gerasim always carried about him in his girdle he did not like people to come into his garret so passed a year at the end of which a little incident befell gerasim the old lady in whose service he lived as porter adhered in everything to the ancient ways and kept a large number of servants in her house were not only laundresses seamstresses carpenters tailors and tailoresses 
there was even a harness maker he was reckoned as a veterinary surgeon too and a doctor for the servants there was a household doctor for the mistress there was lastly a shoemaker by name captain klimov a sad drunkard klimov regarded himself as an injured creature whose merits were unappreciated a cultivated man from petersburg who ought not to be living in moscow without occupation in the wild so to speak and if he drank as he himself expressed it emphatically with a blow on his chest it was sorrow drove him to it so one day his mistress had a conversation about him with her head steward gavrila a man whom judging solely from his little yellow eyes and nose like a duck's beak fate itself it seemed had marked out as a person in authority the lady expressed her regret at the corruption of the morals of her captain who had only the evening before been picked up somewhere in the street now gavrila she observed all of a sudden now if we were to marry him what do you think perhaps he would be steadier why not marry him indeed ma'am he could be married ma'am answered gavrila and it would be a very good thing to be sure ma'am yes only who is to marry him ay ma'am but that's at your pleasure ma'am he may anyway so to say be wanted for something he can't be turned adrift altogether i fancy he likes tatiana gavrila was on the point of making some reply but he shut his lips tightly yes let him marry tatiana the lady decided taking a pinch of snuff complacently do you hear yes ma'am gavrila articulated and he withdrew returning to his own room it was in a little lodge and was almost filled up with metal-bound trunks gavrila first sent his wife away and then sat down at the window and pondered his mistress's unexpected arrangement had clearly put him in a difficulty at last he got up and sent to call capitan capitan made his appearance but before reporting their conversation to the reader we consider it not out of place to relate in few words who was this tatiana whom it was to be capitan's lot to marry and why the great lady's order had disturbed it, the steward tatiana one of the laundresses referred to above as a trained and skilful laundress she was in charge of the fine linen only was a woman of twenty-eight thin fair hair with moles on her left cheek moles on the left cheek are regarded as of evil omen in russia a token of unhappy life tatiana could not boast of her good luck from her earliest youth she had been badly treated she had done the work of two and had never known affection she had been poorly clothed and had received the smallest wages relations she had practically none an uncle she had once had a butler left behind in the countryside as useless and other uncles of her were peasants that was all at one time she had passed for a beauty but her good looks were very soon over in this position she was fairly meek or rather scared towards herself she felt perfect indifference of others she stood in mortal dread she thought of nothing but how to get her work done in good time never talked to anyone and trembled at the very name of her mistress though the latter saxley knew her by sight 
when gerasim was brought from the country she was ready to die with fear on seeing his huge figure try all she could to avoid meeting him even drop her eyelid when sometime he changed to run past him hurrying from the house to the laundry gerasim at first paid no special attention to her then he used to smile when she came his way then he began even to stare admiringly at her and at last he never took his eyes off her she took his fancy whether by the mild expression of her face or the timidity of her movements who can tell so one day she was stealing across the yard with a stark dressing jacket of her mistress carefully poised on her outspread fingers someone suddenly grabs her vigorously by the elbow she turned round and fairly screamed behind her stood gerasim with a foolish smile making inarticulate caressing grunt he held out to her a gingerbread cock with gold tinsel on his tail and wings she was about to refuse it but he thrust it forcibly into her hand shook his head walked away and turning around once more grunted something very affectionately to her from that day forward he gave her no peace wherever she went he was on the spot at once coming to meet her smiling grunting waving his hands all at once he would pull a ribbon out of the bosom of his smock and put it in her hand or would sweep the dust out of her way the poor girl simply did not know how to behave or what to do soon the whole household knew of the dumb wise jeers jokes lions were showered upon tatiana at gerasim however it was not everyone who would dare to scoff he did not like jokes indeed in his presence she too was left in peace whether she liked it or not the girl found herself to be under his protection like all deaf mutes he was fairly suspicious and very readily perceived when they were laughing at him or at her one day at dinner the wardrobe-keeper tatiana's superior fell to nagging as it is called at her and brought the poor thing to such a state that she did not know where to look and was almost crying with vexation gerasim got up all of a sudden stretched out his gigantic hand laid it on the wardrobe maid's head and looked into her face with such grim ferocity that her head positively flopped upon the table everyone was still gerasim took up his spoon again and went on with his cabbage soup look at him the dumb devil the wood demon they all muttering in undertones while the wardrobe maid got up and went up into the maid's room another time noticing that cabinet the same cabinet who was the subject of the conversation reported above was gossiping somewhat too attentively with tatiana gerasim beckoned him to him led him into the car shed and taking up a shaft that was standing in a corner by one end lightly but most significantly menaced him with it since then no one addressed a word to tatiana and all these caused him nothing it is true that wardrobe maid as soon as she reached the next room promptly fell into a fainting fit and behaved altogether so skilfully that gerasim ralph actually reached his mistress knowledge the same day that the capricious old lady only laughed and several times to the great offence to the wardrobe maid forced her to repeat how he bent your head down with his heavy hand and next day she sent gerasim a rubble she looked on him with favour as a strong and faithful watchman gerasim stood in considerable awe of her but all the same he had hopes of her favour 
and was preparing to go to her with a petition for leave to marry Tatiana. He was only waiting for a new coat promised him by the steward to present a proper appearance before his mistress when the same mistress suddenly took it into her head to marry Tatiana to Captain. The reader will now readily understand the perturbation of mind that overtook the steward Gavrila after his conversation with his mistress. My lady, he thought, as he sat at the window, favours Gerasim to be sure. Gavrila was well aware of this, and that was why he himself looked on him with an indulgent eye. Still, he is a speechless creature. I could not indeed put it before the mistress that Gerasim's courting to Tina. But after all, it's true enough he is a queer sort of husband. But on the other hand, that devil, God forgive me, has only got to find out they are marrying Titian to Capitan. He will smash up everything in the house, for my soul. There's no reasoning with him. Why he is such a devil, God forgive my sins. There is no getting over him, no how, upon my soul. Capitan's entrance broke the thread of Gavrila reflections. The dissipated shoemaker came in, his hand behind him, a lodging carelessly against the projection angle of the wall near the door, crossed his right foot in front of his left and tossed his head as much as to say, What do you want? Gorilla looked at Gipidon and drummed with his fingers on the window frame. Capitan merely screwed up his leaden eyes a little, but he did not look down. He even grinned slightly and passed his hand over his whitish locks, which were sticking up in all directions. Well, here I am. What is it? You are a pretty fellow, said Gorilla, and paused. A pretty fellow you are, there is no denying. Capitan only twitched his little shoulder. Are you any better prey? he thought to himself. Just look at yourself now. Look at yourself. Gorilla went on reproachfully. Now, whatever do you look like? Capitan serenely surveyed his shabby tattered coat and his patched trousers, and with special attention stared at his burst boots, especially the one on the tiptoe of which his right foot so gracefully poised, and he fixed his eyes again on the steward. Well, well, repeated Gorilla. Well, and then you say well. You look like old Nick himself, God forgive my saying so, that's what you look like. Capitan blinked repeatedly. Go on, abuse me, go on, if you like, Gavilla Andrish, he thought to himself again. Here you have been drunk again, Gavilla began. Drunk again, haven't you? Eh? Come, answer me. Owing to the weakness of my health, I have exposed myself to spiritual beverages, certainly replied captain owing to the weakness of your health then let you off too easy that's what it is and you have been apprentice in petersburg must you learn in your apprenticeship you simply eat your bread in idleness in that matter gavilla andrish there is one to judge me the lord god himself and no one else he also knows what manner of man i be in this world and whether I eat my bread in idleness, and as concerning your contention regarding drunkenness in that matter too, I am not to blame, but rather a friend. He led me into temptation, but was diplomatic and got away while I... 
why you were left like a goose in the street ah you are a dissolute fellow but that's not the point the steward went on i have something to tell you our lady here he paused a minute is our lady's pleasure that you should be married do you hear she imagines you may be steadier when you are married do you understand to be sure i do well then for my part i think it would be better to give you a good hiding but that it's her business well are you agreeable Tabitha grinned matrimony is an excellent thing for anyone gorilla andrish and as far as i am concerned i shall be quite agreeable very well then replied gorilla while he reflected to himself there's no denying the man expresses himself very properly only there's one thing the wife our ladies pick out for you is an unlucky choice why who is she permit me to inquire tatiana tatiana and kapitan opened his eyes and moved a little away from the wall well what are you in such a taking for isn't she to your test hey not to my taste do you say gorilla andrish she is right enough a hard-working city girl but you know very well yourself gorilla andrish why that fellow that wild man of the woods that monster of the steepest he is after her you know i know mate i know all about it the butler cut him short in a tone of annoyance but there you see but upon my soul gorilla andrish why he will kill me by god he will he will crush me like some fly why he's got a fist why you kindly look yourself what a fist he got why he's simply got a fist like minin posaski you see he is deaf he beats and does not hear how he is beating he swing his breakfast as if he is asleep and there's no possibility to pacifying him and for why why because as you know yourself gorilla andrish he is deaf and what's more has no more wit than the heel of my foot why he is a sort of beast a hilton idol gorilla andrish and worse a block of wood what have i done that i should have to suffer from him now sure it is it's all over me now i have knocked about i have had enough to put up with i have been battered like an earthenware pot but still i'm a man after all and not a worthless pot i know i know don't go talking away lord my god the shoemaker continued warmly when is the end when oh lord a poor wretch i am a poor wretch whose suffering are endless what a life what a life mine's been come to think of it in my young days i was beaten by a german i was apprenticed too in the prime of life beaten by my own countrymen and last of all in ripe years see what i have been brought to oh you flabby so said gorilla andrish why do you make so many words about it why do you say gorilla andrish it's not a beating i'm afraid of gorilla andrish a gentleman may chastise me in private but give me a civil word before folks and i am a man still but see now whom i have to do with come get along gorilla interposed impatiently capitan turned away and staggered off but if it were not for him the steward shouted after him you would consent for your part i signify my acquiescence retorted captain as he disappeared 
His fine language did not desert him. Even in the most trying positions, the steward walked several times up and down the room. Well, called Tatiana now, she said at last. A few instants later, Tatiana had come up almost noiselessly and was standing in the doorway. What are your orders, Gavrila Andrish? she said in a soft voice. The steward looked at her intently. Well, Tanisha, he said, would you like to be married? Our lady has chosen a husband for you. Yes, Gavrila Andrish, and whom has she dined to name as a husband for me? She added fatalingly. Capitan, the shoesmaker. Yes, sir. He's a fader brain fellow, that's certain, but it's just for that the mistress reckons upon you. Yes, sir. There's one difficulty. You know the deaf him. he's courting you, you see. How did you come to bewitch such a bear? But you see, he will kill you, very like he's such a bear. He will kill me, Gabriela Andres, he will kill me, and no mistake. Kill you? Well, we shall see about that. What do you mean by saying he will kill you? Has he any right to kill you? Tell me yourself. I don't know, Gavrila Andrish, about his having any right or not. What a woman! Why, you have made him no promise, I suppose. What are you pleased to ask for me? The steward was silent for a little, thinking. You are a meek, so. Well, that's right, he said aloud. We will have another talk with you later. Now you can go to Nisha. I see you are not unruly, certainly. Tatiana turned steady herself a little against the door post and went away. And perhaps our lady will forget all about his waiting by tomorrow, thought the steward. And here am I worrying myself for nothing. As for that insolent fellow, we must tie him down if it comes to that. We must let the police know. Astinja Fyodorovna, he shouted in a loud voice to his wife. Heed the smova, my good soul. All that day, Tatiana hardly went out of the laundry. At first, she had started crying. Then she wiped away her tears and set to work as before. Capitan stayed till late at night at the gin shop with a friend of his, a man of gloomy appearance, to whom he related in detail how he used to live in Petersburg with a gentleman, who would have been all right, except he was a bit too strict, and he had a slight weakness besides. He was too fond of drink and as to the fair sex he didn't stick at anything his gloomy companion merely said yes but when Caridon announced at last that in a certain event he would have to lay hands on himself to-morrow his gloomy companion remarked that it was bedtime and they parted in surly silence meanwhile the steward's anticipation were not fulfilled the old lady was so much taken up with the idea of Caridon's wedding that even in the night she talked of nothing else to one of her companions who was kept in her house solely to entertain her in case of sleeplessness and like a nightcapman slept in the day when gorilla came to her after morning tea with his report her first question was and how about our wedding is it getting on all right he replied of course that it was getting on first rate and that Capitan would appear before her to pay his reverence to her that day. The old lady was not quite well. She did not give much time to business. The steward went back to his own room and called a council. The matter certainly called for serious consideration. Tatiana would make no difficulty. 
of course but captain had declared in the hearing of all that he had but one head to lose not two or three Jerusalem turned rapid sullen looks on every one would not budge from the step of the mad quarters and seemed to guess that some mischiefs was being hatched against him they met together among them was an old sideboard waiter nicknamed uncle tail to whom every one looked respectfully for counsel though all they got out of him was here pretty pass to be sure to be sure to be sure as a preliminary measure of security to provide against contingencies the lock captain up in the lumber room where the filler was kept then considered the question with the gravest deliberation it would to be sure be easy to have recourse to force but heaven save us that would be an uproar the mistress would be put out it would be awful what should they do they thought and thought and alas thought out a solution it had many a time been observed that gerasim could not bear drunkards as he sat at the gate he would always turn away with disgust when someone passed by intoxicated with unsteady steps and his cap on one side of his ear they resolved that tiana should be instructed to pretend to be tipsy and should pass by gerasim staggering and reeling about the poor girl refused for a long while to agree to this but they persuaded her alas she saw too that it was the only possible way of getting rid of her adorer she went out Cameron was released from the lumber room for after all he had an interest in the affair gerasim was sitting on the copstone at the gate scraping the ground with a spade from behind every corner from behind every window blind the others were watching him the trick succeeded beyond all expectation on seeing tatiana at first he nodded as usual making caressing inarticulate sounds then he looked carefully at her dropped at his spade jumped it up went up to her brought his face close to her face in her fright she staggered more than ever and shut her eyes he took her by the arm brought her right across the yard and going into the room where the council had been sitting pushed her straight at capitan tatiana fairly swooned away gerasim stood looked at her waved his hand laughed and went off stepping heavily to his garret for the next twenty-four hours he did not come out of it the postilion and tipka said afterwards that he saw gerasim through a crack in the wall sitting on his bedstead his face in his hand from time to time he uttered soft regular sounds he was wailing a dirge that is swaying backwards and forwards with his eyes shut and shaking his head as driver or bargemen do when they chant their melancholy songs and tipka could not bear it and he came away from the crack when gerasim came out of the garret next day no particular change could be observed in him he only seemed as it were more morose and took not the slightest notice of the tiana or captain the same evening they both had to appear before their mistress with geese under their arms and in a week's time they were married even on the day of the wedding gerasim showed no change of any sort in his behaviour only he came back from the river without water he had somehow broken the barrel on the road and at night in the stable he washed and rubbed it down his horse so vigorously it swayed like a blade of grass in the wind and staggered from one leg to the other under his bits of iron all this had taken place in the spring another year passed by during which cabin became a hopeless drunkard and as being absolutely of no use for anything 
was sent away with the store wagons to a distant village with his wife on the day of his departure he put a very good face on it at first and declared that he would always be at home send him where there would even to the other end of the world but later on he lost heart began grumbling that he was being taken to uneducated people and collapsed so completely at last that he could not even put his own hat on some charitable soul stuck it on his forehead set the pig straight in front and thrust it on with a slap from above when everything was quite ready and the peasants already held the reins in their hands and were only waiting for the words with god's blessing to start gerasim came out of his garret went up to tatiana and gave her as a parting present a red cotton handkerchief he had bought for her a year ago tatiana who had up to that instant borne all the revolting details of her life with great indifference could not control herself upon that she burst into tears and as she took her seat in the cart she kissed gerasim three times like a good chieftain he meant to accompany her as far as the town barrier and did walk beside her cart for a while but he stopped suddenly at the crimean ford waved his hand and walked away along the riverside it was getting towards evening he walked slowly watching the water all of a sudden he fancied something was floundering in the mud close to the bank he stooped it over and saw a little white and black puppy who in spite of all its efforts could not get out of the water it was struggling slipping back and trembling all over its thin wet little body gerasim looked at the unlucky little dog picked it up with one hand put it into the bosom of his coat and hurried with long step homewards he went into his garret put the rescue puppy on his bed covered with his thick overcoat ran first to the stable for a straw and then to the kitchen for a cup of milk carefully folding back the overcoat and spreading out the straw he set the milk on the bedstead the poor little puppy was not more than three weeks old his eye was just open one eye still seemed rather larger than the other it did not know how to lap out of a cup and did not think but shiver and blink Jerusalem took hold of his head softly with two fingers and dipped it its little nose into the milk the puppy suddenly began lapping greedily sniffing shaking itself and choking gerasim washed and washed it and all at once he laughed outright all night long he was waiting on it keeping it covered and rubbing it dry he fell asleep himself at last and slept quietly and happily by its side no mother could have looked after her baby as gerasim looked after his little nursling at first she for the pup turned out to be a bitch was very weak feeble and ugly but by degrees but by degree she grew stronger and improved in looks and thanks to the unflagging care of her preserver in eight months time she was transformed into a very pretty dog of the spaniel breed with long ears and bushy spiral tail and large expressive eyes she was devotedly attached to gerasim and was never yard from his sight she always followed him about waking her tail he had even given her a name the dumb know that their inarticulate noises called the attention of others she called her mumu all the servants in the house liked her and called her mumu too she was very intelligent she was friendly with everyone but was only fond of gerasim gerasim on his side loved her passionately 
and he did not like it when other people struck her whether he was afraid for her or jealous god knows she used to wake him in the morning pulling at his coat she used to take the rein in her mouth and bring him up the old horse that carried the water with whom she was on very friendly terms with a face of great importance she used to go with him to the river she used to wash his brooms and spades and never allow anyone to go into his garret he cut a little hole in his door on purpose for her and she seemed to feel that only in jersey's garret she was completely mistress and at home and directly she went in she used to jump with a satisfied air upon the bed at night she did not sleep at all but she never barked without sufficient cause like some stupid house dog who sitting on his hind leg blinking with his nose in the air barks simply from dullness at the stars usually three times in succession no mumu delicate little voice was never raised without good reason either some stranger was passing close to the fence or there was some suspicious sound or rustle somewhere in fact she was an excellent watchdog it is true that there was another dog in the yard a tawny old dog with brown spots called wolf but he was never even at night let off the shame and indeed he was so descriptive that he did not even wish for freedom he used to lie curled up in his canal and only rarely utter a sleepy almost noiseless bark which broke off at once as though he were himself aware of his uselessness Moo never went into the mistress's house and when jerusalem carried boot into the rooms she always stayed behind impatiently waiting for him at the steps pricking up her ears and turning her head to right and to left at the slightest creak of the door End of section one recording by Sorosha Thomas in Suragun from Bangkok, Thailand.